Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer and try Peloton risk-free with Peloton Rentals at onepeloton.com slash bike slash rentals. Ready to pop the question and take advantage of 30% off? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com to get 30% off. Select lab-grown diamonds. That's BlueNile.com for 30% off lab-grown diamonds. BlueNile.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hello, my name is Gary Mansfield. And this is the Ministry of Arts podcast, where each week I'll be speaking to a different artist. Now let's begin by bagging these bongos. Yeah, right. Crazy. Hey, hello. How are you? Welcome to episode number 164 of the Ministry of Arts podcast. Hope you're all feeling well. First of all, as ever, thank you to the Patreon supporters, without whom we would not be able to produce this podcast. Um, You can support the podcast from as little as £3 a month. And if you'd like to do that, you can go over to the Ministry of Arts Instagram profile, where you'll find a Linktree drop-down box. And you can follow a link over to Patreon. Um, And as I say, you can pay as little as £3 a month for your support, 100% of which goes into the podcast. It's the equivalent of, um, well, sort of just buying us a cup of coffee once a month, you know. And if you're not able to do that, that's fine. This content is free for absolutely everyone. All this week on episode 164... We have painter John Dalton, and he also produces an art podcast called John Dalton's Gently Does It, and a consciousness podcast called John Dalton's Further Emergence. Well, quite a while ago, John and I had a little chat on the the socials and decided to do a little uh, podcast crossover. So I appeared on his, and this week, John appears on the Ministry of Arts podcast. And if you've listened to the Ministry of Arts for some time, You'll know that there's a little to no competition between art podcasters. Well, except the ones who are right at the top, they don't seem to want to know. But other than that, the guys that work hard and produce their own are absolutely fine to uh, help and promote others. It all helps the merry-go-round, right? I did write a quick list of podcasters we've had on, and apologies if, um, if I seem to have missed anyone. But the first one was episode 21, which was Maeve Doyle. Um, Maeve has got the um, Maeve Doyle's private view. Episode 29 was Geeta Joshi with the Curator's Salon. 
Episode 60 was Sally Whelan. Although she hasn't got a, an art podcast as such, she has just started doing the, um, the artist's gas bag as an Insta Live. So go over and take a look at that. Um, Loveless artist, Nick Hogbin. He's got the Mouth of Manliness podcast, which is a mental health podcast. Episode number 57. That was the Christmas crossover between ourselves, Ministry of Arts, with the Artfully podcast, the Artproof podcast, and the Delphium podcast. And of course, Ben Tallon, the man who made me realise that I could actually become a podcaster. Um, oh, Annie McGrath from uh, The Secret Artist. Of course, episode 101, Joe's Art History. And last of all, episode 120, possibly king of British podcast, Mr. Adam Buxton. Adam Buxton, come on, episode 120, that was darn exciting. But today, episode 164, it's the turn of Mr. John Dalton. Um, we have the, there's a big megalithic passage grave. It looks like a big pancake, right? Oh, okay, I didn't know. Yeah, it's called Newgrange, and um, it's amazing. Like for, I don't know whether it's just being, you know, like with the pyramids, you kind of go, oh, okay, yeah, big pyramid. Yeah. But like the actual working part of a pyramid is tiny, you know, there's a little corridor chamber. Yeah. It's the same, you know, this big, huge pancake kind of a thing. Big, like, you know, but, um, and there's a passage that runs into the center of it, and then that's where the graves are. But the way they made this pa passage is that on... Uh, the winter solstice, the sun shines right down and into and illuminates the, the burial chamber. Only happens like for oh, well. half an hour a year. Yeah. <laughs> and it's and it's still working. You know, they made it, I don't know, a couple of thousand years ago, and it still works. Um, it might be both solstices. I know definitely the winter solstice. I don't know enough about the where the sun would be, but I know I'm pretty sure the winter, because you have to get tickets to, you know it's not easy it's a smallish chamber and uh yeah to be in there when the sun because most of the time it's just you know completely dark yeah but anyway yeah so i've got my own little passage thing here. <laughs> <laughs> just reminded me of it it could well it could well be a calling couldn't it you could yeah. well be the chosen one that's it you've just you've brought it out in me gary <laughs> you've managed to illuminate my head <laughs> well today as you can hear i'm with john dalton and john I've got seven questions I ask each artist. The first being, how would you explain what you do to someone that doesn't know your work? Um, often it depends on who's asking me, but mm. <laughs> uh, generally my main thing is I work with consciousness. I help people who are, you know, called or drawn to consciousness in one way or another so that takes a couple of different shapes um i've two podcasts one that started off talking about consciousness and um uh, when i started it i started it to accompany a book i'd written yeah and um, i've written like four books at this stage but one that one at that time was like oh yeah let's do a podcast um because i the first podcast I ever had was in 2006, right? When podcasting was just like the thing, everyone was doing it. And I'd written a book called, why do we get sick? Why do we get better? And I thought, oh yeah, I'll do a podcast to go with this. Now it'd be brilliant. And it was brilliant for a while, but then everybody forgot about podcasting. You just sort of died. Yeah. And um, so I thought, okay, that's fine. And then I wrote the, another book called May and Noise in uh, 2011. And 
uh, I thought, yeah, the podcast would be good with this now. Let's do a bit of, and I'll do a bit of video as well. I'll do a kind yeah. of video version because I hadn't done one the last one. And uh, that went along for a while. I, and that the first like couple of episodes were just me chatting about um, stuff to do with that book. And then um, I kind of said everything I wanted to say. And then kind of in parallel with that, I started, I was getting much more involved in my art uh, practice. I was, I was learning to draw, learning to paint, and I was listening to a lot of podcasts while I was in the studio. And I, I kind of similar to your own story, I was hearing conversational podcasts and going, yeah, that sounds nice. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it sounds nice having chats with people. So when I started it, I thought, oh, well, I'll just do, I'll do, um, you know consciousness slash spiritual stuff i'll do health and i'll do art because those are the kind of areas that i'm interested in and the consciousness and the health stuff just never really took off i mean i have a few people like that at the beginning but the art just went just took off and it became very specific uh, to the sort of art that i was interested in which is kind of figures of art and it's gone down that track uh, very much in like I don't know, 216 episodes yeah, later so. of, of talking to, um, you know, pre- predominantly figurative artists who are incredible, incredible technically. You know, they all yeah. kind of aspire towards the old masters. So there's that. There's the podcast. There's books, as I say. I've written four books at this stage, all around the sort of subject of, consciousness reality love life god all of that sort of stuff and then i the other podcast is the further emergence podcast and further emergence sort of came about through really as in response to the pandemic because i you know i've been a craniosacral therapist pretty much most of my life like last 30 years and working away you just sorry Sorry, John, could you just explain what a cranio-psychotherapist is? Yeah, it's a terrible name uh, because everybody goes what you just said, which is cranio-psychotherapist, <laughs> which it's not. The name comes from um, cranio, which is your head, and sacrum, which is Oh, your, sacrum, sorry. The, the, yeah, I know. The, it's, the, it's the last, well, not the last bone in your spine, but the big bone at the bottom of your spine. So it's craniosacral therapy. So it's kind of, it came from osteopathy, then osteopathy um, became cranial osteopathy, and then cranial osteopathy became craniosacral therapy, and then it's further branched now to biodynamic, craniosacral therapy, whatever. It's basically, or it, it starts off as a hands-on kind of approach where you're listening to a person's body um, with your hands. So it's palpatry, oh, it's yeah. palpatry skill. And uh, it has, it's kind of multi-layered, meaning it's very good with trauma, meaning if you've been in a car accident and it's almost like you have an imprint of the trauma from that accident, and sometimes it can get locked in your body. Yeah. And the, it uh, through kind of this, this very gentle listening with the hands, you can sort of feel where it's, get, where it's stuck and then you can sort of help it in to finish the process of releasing that trauma Uh, but it goes deeper than that into emotional trauma and then spiritual trauma and then the the you know the more refined you get with it the further away your hands 
<laughs> need to be till you get to the point where you don't even need to be in the same room as the person. Wow. Um, yeah, but like, so for all the years of, you know, cause I, I taught craniosacral therapy. I lived in Australia for 10 years and I, and I, you know, set up the Australian Institute of Craniosacral Therapy and I taught there and, and, and different places in South Africa and, and uh, when I moved back to Ireland, I just had another practice and I was going along and it was grand. So when the pandemic happened, or when the, lock, the lockdowns, it wasn't the pandemic, but when the lockdowns happened, I kind of knew, yeah, that's not going to go well for a close quarters kind of work that I do. <laughs> yeah. So I, I, with the very first lockdown, I closed my practice and thought, okay, I'm going to have to just do other things yeah um, but because i'm reasonably well known in the craniosacral kind of world people got in touch with me and they were like can you work with me remotely now i've known i can work with people remotely for years but craniosacral is you know alternative medicine and it's hard enough to explain for people to get <laughs> like you kind of thought yeah i don't have to actually be in the room with you yeah no, that's too that's too much of a stretch but then like everything that you know the, with the lockdowns everything's changed so um yeah lots of people are getting in touch and i've had this kind of long interest in uh, consciousness and spirituality and that side of things and meditation. So I kind of brought all those things together um, for under this kind of umbrella of further emergence, which is kind of to do with, or the idea roughly of it is that your body stops growing when you become an adult. Um, but you, you keep growing on the inside. That doesn't change. That mm. continues on for your whole life. Um, I mean, you only have to think about who you were five years ago, 10 years ago. Well, I've definitely oh, grown on the, the outside in the last 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so uh, when you're a kid and you go through, uh, you, you go through accelerated growth in your body, you know, they're yeah. called like growth spurts. Well, you go through growth spurts on the inside as well. And they go on for the, the rest of your life as well. Uh, but the big difference is when you're a kid and you're going through a growth sport and you go to your parents and you say, oh, my shins are killing me or whatever, where have you getting the growing pains? Your parents don't rush you to the hospital. They don't bring you to the doctor even. They just go, oh, that's terrible. They're just growing pains. They'll pass. It's natural. It's much harder to know that when you are, uh, you know, 45 or 25 or yeah. 65 or whatever, and you're going through an inner growth spurt it's very hard to kind of be with, oh, this is natural. I'm just, you know, this is normal. It'll pass. There's a much bigger space to kind of go. There's something wrong with me. I'm losing the plot. I'm losing my mind uh, because it can be quite intense, you know? So that's kind of the, th the, the overarching thrust of further emergence is to sort of uh, support growth and consciousness, inner growth. You could call it spiritual growth. And then particularly when that growing gets intense when you're going through an inner growth spurt so i do that and um, so i do that i have the two podcasts um i i'm an artist as well myself so i paint i'm kind of mostly figurative but um kind of going through an exploratory phase so yes that is what i do Gary, <laughs> that's my answer you, to your question you mentioned about your um the art podcast john dalton's yes. gently does it the first artist you had on there, I mean, we were talking previously, just before this podcast, we were talking on um, one of yours. Um, we were talking about how I, for this podcast, contacted 
the the pool of artists that I knew. Who were the people that you contacted first of all? Uh, the very first artist I had on was uh, Connor Walton. Um, he was an Irish artist and he was on the um, Sky Portrait Artists of the Year. Oh, God, yeah. Um, he was he was in the, one of the Irish heats. And uh, like for me, the whole art thing has been a journey um, because in the family dynamic, um, my sister was the artist. You know, the way that can happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you're the artist. I was the carpenter, you know, because I was good at my hands. So um, even though I was quite artistic, just the way things were when I was going through school, um, it w- I was never great at drawing, but I was good at uh, ceramics. Um, and uh, I was never brilliant at painting, but I was good at making things, you know. But it was like, no, no, you're going to be a carpenter. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so um, I kind of, a couple of things happened in 2013, a couple of family members died in that year. And um, it was kind of a big change. And my wife and I moved to the country. And as that was happening, I kind of, I think I just got over myself a bit and went, you know what, I'm just, I'm really interested in drawing. And, you know, I've been, like I worked in film and TV, I worked in animation. I've been involved in lots of creative things, yeah. but not directly. It was almost like I, I kind of challenged. It was like it sort of felt like I had this thing inside. It was like you're not a real artist unless you can draw and paint for real, not bullshit. <laughs> now for real, you know. <laughs> and uh, it was. I think I'd kind of. I think I got sick of that voice and went. You know what? I'm just going to learn. So I. Without meaning, like when I look back on it now, I did go down a very traditional classical route, but it wasn't it wasn't planned. I would just came across this um, thing in Dublin called the drawing studio. And just the way they described drawing, they were talking about Bach drawing, you know, drawing from, from the Bach plates, which just goes back to like the 18th century yeah, where they used yeah. to learn to draw, you know. And uh, I just found that fascinating. And I thought, yeah, I, I think I can do that. And in a weird way, it just really suited me because it breaks down the process of drawing to such tiny little, small little marks that, you know, it kind of got over the thing of like, oh, you're not very good at this. Yeah, yeah. And um, yeah, slowly I kind of went more and more into figurative art. And then I can remember uh, I came across an artist, um, Fintan O'Toole, or maybe it's Fintan O'Connor. God, that's terrible. And maybe it's not Fintan. <laughs> someone. <laughs> so, someone. God, that's awful. Uh, and I remember, I remember being in bed. I'm, I'm looking at um, Facebook. I was on Facebook on my iPad, and he friended me. I have no clue why he friended me, right? Yeah. The podcast wasn't even that, you know, big at that stage and i remember looking at his paintings and i felt physically ill they were so good you know they just i was like jesus know exactly what you mean how can do human be are human beings still doing this i yeah. thought that you know that was sort of michelangelo rembrandt i thought those guys but i thought i didn't think anybody could they didn't think people still knew how to do that yeah and you know that's never left me really that that kind of awe of that technical uh, excellence uh, combined with just a fantastic um, idea or story or whatever. And um, so 
Connor, not Connor, um, yeah, Connor Walton, yeah, was in is in that school of um, very good um, figurative artists. So uh, yeah, I just got in touch with him, and uh, he he amazingly said, yeah, okay, let's do that because I kind of, well, I was very like naive about the whole to anything really about the art world. I knew a bit, but not a huge amount. Yeah, and I was kind of like, oh, that you were on the portrait awards. Oh my God, would you even you know? But it's so funny. He's been like. You know, you know, an artist for so long. He was just like, yeah. I was like, oh, well, you kind of crushed. You didn't win. He was like, no, I was glad. I was like, what? Why are you glad? He said, well, I, I didn't want to work for Sky for free for a year, <laughs> which never would yeah. have occurred to me. But you know, so he was just thinking about it in terms of, you know, just how this whole thing fits into his whole practice. You know, and the other one that stands out was uh, Ashley Longshore. I don't know if you know her, but she's no. an American artist, and um. Yeah, like having her on early was just a real blessing um, because she um, she paints. Um, they're kind of she's very likes paints a lot of Audrey Hepburn, but lots of different things. But yeah. she's got a very particular kind of style. <clears throat> but what was amazing about her was she's just like a force of nature, you know, just a very loud, sweary um <laughs> person Brilliant. who um she spent i'd say 20 years trying to get into galleries and you know was just rejection after rejection after rejection and eventually just went you know it was a 20 years maybe it's 15 years just went you know what fuck you i'm gonna do it myself <laughs> right Brilliant. and it was just just at the time when instagram was starting so it was back when you could really go, you could grow quickly yeah. on Instagram. And she, she managed to, she was really strategic about her, um, the way she um, went about her work. So she would have events in boutiques. She'd target market, if you know what I mean. Yeah, like she brilliant. had a series, a series that was targeted towards fund managers' wives and she called it the series trophy wives yeah right because she's very Brilliant. good great sense of humor and uh and of course was a big hit you know they're huge she was saying she had the real pleasure of seeing a damien hearst taken off the wall and one of her paintings excellent excellent <laughs> oh look her up so, so yeah ashley i'm sure she's great she's just so much fun and um i've had her back on a few times and it's been lovely to sort of see her growing like I haven't had her on there for a couple of years, but like when I met her first, it was just her and her art, um, her studio manager. And um, her her Instagram is hilarious. She just puts a lot of funny stuff on it. Um, very irreverent. And um, then the next time I spoke to her, there was she had about five people working with her. And the last time I spoke to her, she had about 20 people working with her. She was a multimillionaire, all from her art, wow. all nothing to do with galleries she's like really why would you give them 50 percent of your money you know yeah um and and all she does all her own marketing she ended up doing a huge collaboration with bergman Bergdorf. oh you know that big store in america in, yeah 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 York? yeah Bergdorf goodman i think is it anyway that one and she ended up having pretty much all the windows in the store and then they yeah. gave her the rest the the coffee shop or the cafe to to um design as well and um, so yeah she's great 
really good. So that was a, that was just really nice. It was a nice beginning for me, you know. So that. How did you see your two worlds come together? I mean, they was obviously separate at one point. Did they come together at any point, or were was the painting just another way to meditate, as it were? Uh, in it, well, it was kind of me working through that process of having to paint, having to draw these amazing, um, you know, charcoal drawings or pencil drawings and kind of going, oh, okay, so I can do it. Yeah. <laughs> and then painting, you know, very figurative, very technical uh, paintings and going, oh, okay, I can do it. But the subject of, and what I paint, it's always been about consciousness. So like I did a series of not long after we moved to the country, I had this dream where um, we went to my wife and I went into town and everybody had these huge wings, you know, like butterfly wings, not like yeah. fairy wings. And in the dream, I'm like elbowing my wife. God, can you see that? And she's like, yeah, it's so, so strange, isn't it? Everyone's got these big wings. Um, and then by the end of the dream, it was just really normal. It was like, oh, yeah, that's just it's just like it wasn't a big deal. Yeah. And I kind of woke up from it going, wow, that's amazing. I have to paint that. So I did a series of, you know, like farmers, very down to earth, grounded people with these huge, you know, um, butterfly wings, um, which, you know, it is a little bit kind of magical, a little bit, you know, consciousness kind of thing. Um, it's mo all my paintings are about that in, in one way or another. Like there's a painting I did of um, my wife was uh, involved in a nursing home um, for a while. And she was, she called me one night and said, oh, look, there's this woman who's just really distressed and she's wearing us all out because she's just ranting and raving. And, you know, someone has to sit with her all the time. Yeah. Wow. You know, is there, is there anything you can do? Because my wife knows that I can do you know, work remotely and all that kind of thing. So I said, okay, fine. And, um, one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a, it's a t-shirt until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United healthcare offers a variety of flexible budget-friendly coverage for medical vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at UH1.com. That's UH1.com. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer and try Peloton risk-free with Peloton Rentals at onepeloton.com slash bike slash rentals. So I sat down to work and, you know, it is a kind of meditative thing. And often because I'm a visual person, whatever has gone on for the person represents itself to me visually. Um, so I could sort of see this woman very clearly. And she looked, she kind of emerged out of the darkness my inner darkness as a it, she looked very like a a um a ship you know like the way they have uh, a 
a carving of a woman or a mermaid or something on the, on the prow of a ship. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was like that, except she was the the whole ship, right? But she was her <laughs> back was arched back, right? And she was her hair. She had all these little psychic entities on her, little white psychic entities on her. They were sort of pulling at her in all these different ways and driving her demented, right? So it's a really striking image. So I worked away with her, and you know everything settled down and then you know my wife called me a bit later and said yeah she's she's quiet now great thanks but it was such a striking image I thought I want to paint that so I started to to paint it and um I think it was about a month later my wife walked into the studio and she was like that's Mary (laughs) I'd never seen this woman right I'd never seen yeah I'd never seen her face or anything like that and she was like that's a that's a that's exactly what she looks like you know so yeah they're all like that at the moment I'm kind of through talking to all these I kind of passed through all the kind of going from having a very clear inner image and then just the process of painting is trying to get that out onto the canvas to uh, just to get like what I was saying, you know, how uh, talking to all these artists has changed me, you know, is because different artists would something would resonate with with each different conversation. And I began to um, get more interested in the process of exploration when I'm painting. Um, so I'll start off with a reference. Uh, and the reference is usually something I've taken a picture of, but the it's almost like trying to use the spark that caused me to want to take a picture of something. And do you replicate uh, that image, or do you just use it as a starting point and make an imaginary artwork from that image? A uh, bit of both. What I do is I'm I'm trying to I'm trying to use the energy of whatever made me want to take a picture of it right and it's 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 nothing complicated you know like it's usually something i'll see on the beach or something you know i live in a very beautiful part of ireland it's just something that you know maybe it's a mushroom cluster or just something right or or fungus or something like that and i'll have that beside me and i'll but i'll it's not so much i'm looking at the paint the reference and trying to paint it i'm looking at the reference and i'm I just want to stay with the energy of what sparked that. So I'll start off roughly, maybe it'll be a little bit like the, like whatever the reference is, but then very quickly it goes into something else. It, it starts to do its own thing. And it is a kind of meditative process. Like, you know, when I was doing the more realistic kind of paintings, I'd be able to listen to podcasts or music or whatever. When I'm doing, when I'm working now, I can't have anything on because I'm listening very carefully to what's going on inside me what's going on in the painting and it's kind of emerging and you know like a few times i've stepped back and kind of went jesus (laughs) that was in there you know um but uh there's a lot more this it's a it's it's a different kind of process and it's it's um i feel like the paintings i'm making now i've got a lot more energy in them you know so i am kind of it is a kind of process of uh, discovering more about my unconscious yeah. which is very similar to the work i do with consciousness you know finally and, i got to answer i got back to the answer to your question <laughs> <laughs> and which piece that you've created john has got the strongest emotional connection 
well, the one that jumps out is called The Allure of Shame. And it's a, it's a painting of what it started off as a similar kind of thing, actually, to what I was just saying. I hadn't really thought of it. It started off as a, just a, I saw this a photo reference of a woman lying on the beach um, and her head is covered and she's just kind of sunbathing. She's naked. So when I started, it was more from the kind of, could I capture how that painting makes, that image makes me feel. But then as it kind of developed, she stopped being on a beach. It's kind of on this black area. And then this golden trapdoor kind of presented itself under her head. So now she's looking into this golden trapdoor and now her hair is kind of going down into it. So it's kind of visually, um, you know, in those paintings that kind of ports your brain a little bit because yeah, the perspectives yeah. are, you know, mi mixed and matched. Um, and I didn't have a name for it. Um, so it became a kind of a dark painting. Then she kind of went gold uh, or her heels went gold and it just kind of kept changing. Yeah. yeah. And um, yeah, eventually it was kind of when it's like, what the fuck? Okay. Um, <laughs> what's that about? You know, so sort of what's that about and sat with it for a bit. And, and then this name, the allure of shame came wow. up. So, yeah, it's my, yeah, like that's the one that came to mind when you said that. And it's my wife's favorite painting. She's like, don't ever sell that one. That's mine. <laughs> and is it on the wall or is it um, just put to one yeah. side at the moment? It's big. It's big as oh, well. Is it? You know? And it, yeah, it is big. It's about, it's about a meter by a meter and a half. Oh, wow. So okay. It's, yeah, it's big. Yeah. It's on um, MDF. So it weighs a ton as well. I mean, that's, that's, that's the funny thing. We, we, we're all used to looking at artwork on our phones now. It's rare to get a scale of an artwork in the yeah. palm of your hand, you know? And the paintings that you were doing, which had the figures with the butterfly wings on, what size mm. are those? Because I've seen them, but I've not looked at the sizes. They're not big. They're like uh, 30 inches by 30 inches. Oh, I've got you. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, all up on the wall as well. And it's nice to see them all together. Nice. Yeah. But weirdly, I had um that uh, had some that we were renting a house when we first moved here. Uh well, we're still renting, but any different house. And the something was going on with the house and it needed to be valued. And these two estate agents came. It was like a father and son. The father was, you know, I'd say he was in his late seventies. Um, and because they were walking around measuring rooms and whatever, they came into the studio. And they were looking at the, these, you know, and the father kind of was got it. And he was like, oh, okay, yeah, <laughs> right, yeah. And the son was looking at them and he looked really disturbed. And he said, so have all the people in these paintings passed away? <laughs> <laughs> but he's, he's reading it, isn't he? You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I hadn't, it hadn't even occurred to me. Yeah. Because I'm still with the magical dream, you know. Like, of course. They're not dead. They're not angels. Come on. <laughs> I didn't say that to him. I was like, yeah, no. no. <laughs> oh, I've mentioned it many a time on here. Once we finish our artwork and we put it out there for people to look at, it's no longer got the narrative that we gave it, has it? No, no. No, I'm I'm even worse. Like, you say like that with the allure of shame, that one, you know. Like, I'll often pass that and go, how did I do that? Did I, did I do that? Is that me? <laughs> well, I've, I've got another question here, John, that I ask each artist, which I'm possibly might even know the answer to this already, 
but how do you relax? My favorite way of relaxing is um, watching telly. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, I like movies. Uh, not, I don't watch telly telly. Like I don't have, I don't know what's going on with. Uh, I, I became too impatient with advertisements and news. Oh, and just we've all got like that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I'm sort of Netflix. I'm like, I've got Netflix. I've got Amazon Prime. I've got this, this thing in Ireland called Now TV, which is kind of like Sky, just without all the ads. So yeah, that's, you know, like when I get to that part of the evening, you know, the night when I can sit down with my dogs and watch a bit of telly, you know, or watch a movie. I like just, um, I'm very specific though about it because, um, my wife likes that show Arrested Development. You know, she was watching that and I was like, oh, I can't watch this. <laughs> I mean, it's funny. I'm laughing. You know? She's like, what, what's wrong? Like, I was like, and I couldn't figure it out. And then I was like, oh, okay. You know, in the work that I do, I'm kind of up to my neck in drama, people's yeah, drama yeah. and helping and, you know, the, the deal, you know, the, the, the way people suffer from, their unconsciousness and how you know the unconsciousness of one generation passes on to the next and, and it was like oh, okay that's why i can't because <laughs> like it's, it's no rest for me watching yeah. that because you know like i can't laugh at you know a mother uh putting her son down you know because it's like oh i know you know i probably talked to the son i probably talked exactly. to the mother yeah i know exactly what that means and and the damage that that does so it's not it's funny but it's not funny you know um, it's like watching those accident, you know, those, sh what is that show called? You know, like where people, you see people having accidents. Yeah. Yeah. I know what sort of you mean. Yeah. Yeah. Like I can, for, if, I don't know what it is about my <laughs> nature. They make me laugh like crazy, but I can't watch them for long <laughs> yeah. because I I'm too familiar with, you know, the after I've had, I've worked with so many people who've had accidents and the after effects of them. That, uh, yeah. I can't watch it for long. Um, so yeah, I like, you know, something with a story that just makes me, you know, just I'll go. So I do that. I, and then I do all that kind of other stuff, you know, like I do a bit of yoga. I like to go for walks and hikes. I live in paradise pretty much Brilliant. like where I live is where people come on holidays. Yeah. So every view out of every window in the house that I live in is like the most amazingly beautiful natural thing that you can see and where we live now we've got donkeys and sheep and we've got dogs so all Excellent. that makes for a very peaceful relaxing life now i figured you was going to say meditation because i've seen you meditate on instagram um you would yes. put your your phone up just while you're meditating and i've seen that I you're know. doing a, a live instagram feed and i've tapped on you a few times and I will just see you there with your eyes closed. And it's it's a funny old situation because you feel like you're intruding when I see you just sitting there with your eyes closed. And I can watch for a little while, but then there's, as I say, for after a few moments, I do feel like I'm intruding. It's a, insane. Like, I don't know if it's ever occurred to you, but for me, it's like, you know, I started the podcast as i say back in 2013 if i'd gone to the bank manager for a loan to start the podcast right <laughs> i often i often think this, like yeah what kind of podcast are you can do oh it's going to be about art okay yeah. and so people will be able to see the art no no it's audio <laughs> yeah. like, 
you're going to have an art podcast then people can't see any art yeah yeah it's going to be great <laughs> like oh, that's the stupid idea the stupidest idea i've ever had and similarly like when all the further emergent stuff was coming together it all kind of happened at the same time people getting in touch can you work with me remotely um you know i do retreats as well um but you know i meditate during the day anyway and i don't do it for relaxation even though it has a relaxing yeah, effect of course. i do it because it's part of my you know journey into consciousness really yeah. i've been doing it for years you know and um in the middle of one of these meditations it was like oh you should do this live on instagram this is the idea that popped into my yeah. head it was like that's the what that's the worst who would want to watch somebody meditate that's the stupidest idea i've ever heard but it emits but john it emits from you because i was small first of all and then i will sit there for a couple of moments watching you and it is a it does have a common effect watching you in yeah. that meditative state i know i've slowly like a you know I, <laughs> i'm a very much i'm not i wouldn't say i'm an intuitive person but i'm very surrendered to my intuition so when so i would i complained a little bit about that initially it was like that no not anything but that no <laughs> it was like no you should do it like every time i got to meditate this thing would pop into my head so i started to do it and yeah i've been doing it for i don't know two years now and yeah it's that's the feedback i get so either people like to meditate along with me which was kind of what i was thinking it was because yeah. it's always better when you meditate in groups you know like there's this you know about the boston study have you ever heard of that boston study it was uh -huh. boston or maybe, oh chicago chicago they did it in the 90s or something they got three or four thousand people to meditate oh, together wow. in a park um and they i think they did it for a month and the crime rate in chicago dropped by a big number like 40 percent. wow yeah so meditating in groups is a powerful thing to do so i kind of thought oh well everyone's in lockdown so we can meditate together and whatever but then also there's another group of people who just like to have it on the background like we're saying they just it's it reminds me of you know those things people get like the sound of rain yeah yeah put yeah. it on in the background yeah. and it's just it's it's sort of soothing so yeah i don't really understand how it works but i'm still doing it and um, i do it monday wednesday and fridays at three o'clock and on monday I, I just talk about how i meditate and all that kind of thing just for people who are new to it and uh yeah it's it's it, 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 like the artist part of me is like yeah this is kind of performance art really isn't yeah because it? it's yeah. not easy like I imagine. You know, I've, I've been meditating for you know i don't know 30 years or whatever um but it's very different when you're doing it on camera <laughs> yeah i've never been able to do it myself john i've tried many a time um i've, I've done things like when i'm making artwork you do go into that sort of meditative state but it's not a it's not a blank state because you're you're thinking and you're you know mm. but I've, I've i've tried several times to get into that state and, and not been able to do it yeah well that's like the way i meditate is i'm i'm not trying to it's a it's a process of returning to not thinking it's not like i have to sort of not think for 15 minutes yeah um and i think uh it's very helpful to know that thinking happens in meditation and to not add to your thinking by thinking about how much you're thinking yeah, which is often yeah, what yeah. happens you know so like the 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 way i kind of explain it is you know it, it doesn't really matter what you're thinking about which is like the content of your 
thoughts, the structure of your thoughts. It's always the same. It's always pictures and sound. So if you turn off the pictures and you turn off the sound, that's it. You're not thinking, right? The sound meaning internal sound, not external sound. You yeah, know, yeah. Monitoring conversations, internal monologue, all that kind of thing. So if you turn off the pictures and you turn off the sound, that's it. You're not thinking. And the process of meditation is just continually returning to that. So it's like every time I discover I'm thinking, I go, oh, I'm thinking. And then I just turn off the pictures, turn off the sound. I bring myself back over and over and over again. And it's kind of like where I go to, like where I want to go to when I meditate is where I go to in deep, dreamless sleep, you know, the bit after dreaming, you know, sort of a dreaming, dreaming, and then yeah, I yeah, yeah. The into deep, dreamless sleep. That's a, that's a, like, I'm very interested in that, that place because everything goes, you know, no thoughts, no pictures, no memories, no personality. I don't really have a body. I don't have a bedroom. I don't, I don't have anything. It's all gone. Even I'm gone because I don't, I sort of cease to exist in the way that I normally register my existence. Right. Which sounds like death. I mean, that sounds awful. <laughs> if you just were trying to sell that to somebody, oh yeah, yeah. sleep. Let me tell you about deep dreamless sleep. It's fantastic. You know, that sounds awful. And yet, I love going to bed. I love going to sleep. And I yeah. and when I wake up in the morning, I feel refreshed. So wherever I go, <laughs> it must be good. <laughs> and so that's where I want to go to. That's where I want to go to. And. What that feels like is, you know, it's almost like I go into a room and uh, my mind has to wait outside the door. Got you. Uh, so wherever I go to in meditation, when, I'm, when I turn off the pictures, I turn off the sound, wherever I go to, my mind can't go there. So, of course, my mind's point of view is boring as shit. Like, it's like, oh, my God, not this again, you know? <laughs> so that's what the continually returning is about is like being being gentle and kind on my mind and going yeah i know this is boring for you but it's beneficial <laughs> and what i've found with with people uh when they're starting out in meditation the hard bit is to do it long enough for your mind to kind of go oh yeah there's something to this <laughs> yeah yeah because yeah. you start to kind of to, see to get the, the effects of it. of it yeah because from my mind's point of view it's like I hate this. And as I said, I've been meditating for 30 years and my mind still doesn't like it. It's not wild about it. It's not, it doesn't <laughs> kind of go, oh, great meditation. Because, you know, from its point of view, it's like, oh God, but it's seen the benefits. Um, so it's like, it will grudgingly do it, you know? So yeah, I think having an idea that you have to like, kind of be completely peaceful and calm for or you know or in with no thoughts for 15 minutes no yeah that doesn't that's not my experience anyway yeah, Tony, if there was you and five time. other artists past and present what would your ideal group show be group show okay uh well i like hilma af klimt i'd be i'd really probably invite her just so i could talk to her um probably invite Rembrandt just so i could ask him about technical questions <laughs> <laughs> That's two. Um, I like. Uh, I think I probably have Magritte in there. Just nice. to, he just is such an interesting character. Yeah. Um, I probably have Frida Kahlo in just because again, you know, she's a, such an interesting person. How many is that? Four or five? Mm -hmm. 
for four. Well, it's Stuart Sample, I think. Oh, nice. Cool. Yeah. Just I wasn't expecting that. Round out the group. Yeah. yeah and I, I think he, you've chatted to him, haven't you? I have. He's, he's great. Yeah. We, we, we're also yeah. both um, trustees of, of the same charity. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm probably going to have, I'm going to reach out to him to have a chat with him as well. He's great. But, uh, yeah. I think he's, yeah, seems like a really good person. When you ask him a question, it's bang on the answer. It's, it's like he's already been primed for the question you didn't even know you was going to ask him, you know. He's, he's, yeah, he's great, great to speak to. Yeah, I cared about him through the um, Art Sistry podcast. I don't know if you know. Oh, no, it's, I don't uh, know. Fantastic. It's one What's of my called? favorite art part. It's Art Sistry. So it's like Art History, but with cis instead of history. It's two oh, sisters who travel around and look at um, different paintings and uh, they are just hilarious. I just find them really funny. Oh, I've not like known it. I love finding out new ones. Yeah, oh, yeah, they're brilliant. Well, if you like that one, you'll like Art Holes podcast as well. That's another great podcast. I've listened to that. Yeah, he's brilliant. Yeah, he does just these deep dives. But yeah, the Arts History podcast, they were talking about the... They were in Chicago and they were talking about the bean or cloud gate, as it's officially called. And um, one of the artists I was very influenced by in the beginning uh, was uh, Anish Kapoor. And mainly because I'd seen one of his um, pieces in Brisbane, where I used to live, and was just really impressed with it. And then he had a retrospective when I moved back uh, to Ireland in, in uh, London. And I went to see that. I was very impressed with that. And I'd seen him interviewed on imagine or something like that and yeah the, you know and i was like oh yeah he's into he's into uh, analysis and oh yeah he sounds great and then these two girls just totally ripped him <laughs> it sort of told all this stuff that i didn't know about him yeah. so either he's changed or he just had a he put a very good front up but he just so this whole thing with vanta black and Stuart Semper, you know that whole story yeah, yeah that's beautiful so that that put me on to uh Stuart and his work and how he just kept coming back with one thing after another. I thought yeah. that's beautiful. Although Anish Kapoor's response to being banned from buying the, um, Stuart Semple's pink when he, did you see that he dipped his yeah, little yeah. finger? And I thought what that, that was a great little response. And um, Yeah, but then did you see Stuart's response to that again? Which was? The next one he made. Um, uh, now, just if you're listening, right, what we're talking about is um, um, uh, Anish bought Vanta Black and basically was like, it's mine and it's my ball and no one else can play with it. And Stuart made something like Black 2.0 or something like that. Yeah, I can't remember the name of it. Yeah. And he made it available for $5 to everyone in the world except Anish yeah, Kapoor. Brilliant. And then Anish's response was, uh, he got one of his assistants to buy it uh, under a pseudonym or something like that. Because apparently in the process of buying it, you have to say, I'm not associated with yeah, it. Yeah, you have to sign a waiver. Yeah. He, um, Anish put on his um, Instagram a picture of his middle finger, which he dipped into the Vanta Black and was basically giving no, it was finger. The, the pink. Okay, pink. Yeah, right. Because yeah. that's right. He made another one. So the one he made after that was something called Diamondy something or other. And it was basically... One of the main constituents in it was ground glass. That's it. So basically, if you put your finger into that, it's going to hurt. <laughs> yeah, brilliant. Yeah, yeah he's, he's great to have on. He's good yeah. stuff. 
And if you wasn't an artist, John, what do you think you'd like to be or do? Um, I can't imagine being anything other than what I am, to be honest. <laughs> like I've had, I've tried lots of different things in my life, lots of different, I've had lots of many different kind of careers where I tried to do something, but being creative, thinking creatively, which is just an expression of my, you know, growing growth and consciousness. It always yeah. comes back to that for me, you know. So whether I'm writing, podcasting, working with somebody remotely, doing a retreat, doing meditation, it's all the same. It's yeah. all just me expressing myself or and sharing myself with an open heart as best I can because I can't do anything else. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. And what have you got coming up, John? Have you got anything coming up at the moment? Um, well, it's pretty much more of the same, really, um, because, you know, you will know this, like the, once you get most of the technical stuff sorted out and you get a kind of workflow going with podcasts, it pretty much has its own momentum. It just yeah. kind of goes along. Uh, so there's that. Um, you know, I'm quite happy. I don't need to leave the house for much. So I'm not particularly keen to do that either. <laughs> um, plus, you know, I'm not, I live on, I live on this farm, you know, yeah. so I'm just a lot, you know, very happy to, to do that. Um, Sounds idyllic. Yeah, there's, there's a kind of growing art scene in the town close to where I live. So I'm, I'm sl slightly getting more involved in that. Um, but I've just, I've been, oh, I, I know what's coming up. Thanks, Gary. <laughs> you prompted <laughs> me to remember. I'm just about to, I'm just finishing off um, doing my first audio book of my book, Maya Noise, Brilliant. which is, you know, it's all, it's, it's not like an autobiography. It jumps around to these very significant points in my spiritual growth, um, reads like spiritual pulp fiction. I think. Oh, um, wow. And yeah, it's good. It's, I've had nothing but good feedback about it. Um, and it's very, it was a very, it was a hard book to write. I can tell you, Gary, um, it was because it's very personal and, you know, there's a famous quote, I love trotting out by Hemingway where he kind of says, there's nothing to writing. Writing's easy. All you do is you sit down at the typewriter and you bleed. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. And I think, yeah, that's, <laughs> they kind of say, you know, you're writing something good if it makes you cringe, not because yeah. it's bad, but because it's too revealing, you know? Yeah, so course. yeah, that Maya Noise was really like that for me. So yeah, that's the first one I've managed to, I've had quite a lot of technical issues because it's, you know, you think, oh, well, you do a podcast, that'll be easy. No, it's yeah. not. Um, because the requirements from Audible, this, you take the technical requirements from Audible, are in another league. So I've had to, I've got, I'm on, I'm on my second sound engineer now at this stage wow. um, for the technicals, but yeah, we're nearly finished. It's nearly done. And uh, I, I'm hoping to have that out before Christmas. So that, that's when, that's what's new. Good that's on you. Thing. That's well my next done. thing. And yeah, all the very best with that. Thanks. And lastly, where can anyone find John Dalton online or social media? Uh, the website, the main kind of website is johndalton.me. 
Yeah. Now you can go look at furtheremergence.com as well. If that sort of stuff is, is of interest to you, I also have johndaltontherapy.com, but everything you can find everything from johndalton.me um, and links to Instagram, YouTube, um, Facebook, they're all on there. So probably if you want to remember one thing, johndalton.me, and then you can find everything from that. The podcasts are John Dalton gently does it. If you're looking on your podcast, huh? John Dalton gently does it for the art one and then further emergence for the further emergence one. Perfect. John, that's all my questions asked. Thank you Brilliant. very much for your time. I really appreciate it. No, it's been lovely. I really like your podcast and I think what you're doing is brilliant. So thanks for oh, having thank a chat you. And I look forward to speaking to you soon. Well, Hope you enjoyed that episode of the Ministry of Arts podcast. If you're unable to support us on Patreon, leaving a review on whichever platform you listen to this podcast really does help us get noticed and anyone else looking for an art podcast, or even giving us a positive shout out on your social media. Anything is appreciated, but either way, thanks for listening, and until next week, ta-da. This is Paige from Giggly Squad, and I want to talk to you about Splash Refresher and my water intake. Okay, so you guys obviously know that I am a hydrated girly, but sometimes when you drink that much water, it starts to just taste bland, and you're just like, I need something to spice it up. That's why I love Splash Refresher. It has zero sugar, zero calories, and it's a splash of sweetness, and they come in five different flavors. They're so good wild berry acai grape pineapple mango lemon and mandarin orange my favorite is the wild berry because i just i just love a berry so if you're like me and you're drinking water all day then try splash refresher it's going to absolutely change your water game and it's good for you acast powers the world's best podcasts here's a show that we recommend the Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.